Hello, and welcome to Buen Provecho Chronicles. My name is Claudia, and this is my first episode. Uh, on my first episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Nathan Harding, also known as my husband. I chose to interview him because I knew we would have easy banter, and that was the case, but also because I wanted to talk about our different cultural backgrounds. I am Mexican-American. Nathan is a mix of many different things, but for all intents and purposes, as he identified himself, he is a white male. And those two different backgrounds have really informed the way that, of course, we grew up and the way that we approached food and how that's kind of colored the melding of our two worlds. It's been really fascinating to kind of look back on our journey and talk about it and see where we're at. I've learned some new things about my husband that I probably should have known. We've been married 15 years, but we're still learning things about each other. And I hope that's the case for many years to come. So I hope you enjoy it. I laughed a lot. I hope you chuckle at least, but I, more than anything, I just really hope you enjoy it. Um, and maybe it'll spark some conversation with a friend or a partner. So here we go. I hope it is recording now because we're doing it again for the second time because the first one was fine. I may or may not have talked to the wrong end of the mic. Right. Who knew there was a wrong end of the mic? Right? No, seriously. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently with these, there's a wrong end. That sounds weird. Okay, let's move on. Here we are again in our closet. Take two. Take two, part two. Um, Who am I speaking with? Me? Yeah. No, who am I? (laughs) Who am I? Um, My name's Nathan. I have the privilege of having been married to you for about 15 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, I like yeah. that you didn't say like 14 because the first one was not so maybe not a privilege <laughs> <laughs> so thank you that you included the first year yes. is what I'm trying to say yeah. hey we all, we all uh, you know every diamond starts with a lump of coal or something like that right <laughs> mm. moving on <laughs> so what am I yeah oh yeah tell me a little bit about yourself or I know you but <laughs> the people out there do not so, goodness, feels like a loaded question. Um, Does it? I am your n- normal uh, white male, grew up in Texas, <laughs> raised in Virginia, went to college, found a beautiful woman, married her. Now I plow away at a job on a regular basis and then, uh, you know, have, have a few hobbies, which include uh, eating your food. You make it sound so glamorous. (laughs) A normal white male. I like that that's where you started. Might have to edit that part out. In this day and age, seems like the right starting point. I am white. I am male. I am brown. I am female. No, I think I But I think that's actually really is a good way to start because that really speaks to, like, we're here to talk about food. Yeah. And because of that, I think we have very different backgrounds with food. Yes. And I think food has played a pivotal role in us getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and each other's cultures Mm -hmm. and then has become a central point for how we then experience cultures outside of either of ours. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so food is our bridge. Yes. <laughs> or was our bridge. Well, I think it still is a bridge to each. It was a bridge to each other. Yeah. And is now a bridge to many other yes. things. Many other things. So that being said, tell them, whoever them is, a little bit about your childhood. Maybe that's kind of how paint a picture for us and the role that food played in your childhood. And then one of my questions that I'm, I'm trying to get people to answer, which I don't know if it's going to be easy, but earliest food memory, because I have one. I don't know if that's the case for most people. We're going to find out. I'm going to keep asking people that question. If it turns out it's not a thing, we'll scrap it. But for the first one, so childhood, and then we'll jump in. So I'm the second of four kids. Um, my dad had the traditional role as the breadwinner, and my mom stayed home and took care of us and did all the house stuff and cooking and cleaning, which is a full-time job in and of itself, especially when you're raising four kids. Yep. You know, I wouldn't say we were wealthy growing up. We were... Um, you were comfortable. You we were comfortable. You we had what we needed. But still, raising four kids and keeping up with all of that food had this tension of the practicality of it, of like how you keep four growing kids fed um, and do that, you know, three meals a day, 365 days a year. And we didn't really go out to eat much. So like my mom was fixing every single meal. Um, so like there was a very just practical element of like, how do you do this on scale kind of a thing? <laughs> Mass but production. Just, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, in some ways, like mass produced home made stuff with the fact that she didn't really though prepare a lot in advance right it wasn't you know outside of the bread she did she wasn't doing a lot and packing it away or you know preserving it or anything so it was i would say there was a very practical but then there was also an element even in the simplicity of the food we grew up in of special events mm -hmm. with food so like our birthdays we always got to choose the food we ate um and we could you know, pick our, basically our meal for breakfast and for dinner. And then my mom really liked to bake. And so that was one of the areas where I think we as kids, even when we were young, got to participate of going in there, whether it was making, you know, fresh biscuits or muffins or, you know, cakes occasionally. Like, like in those uh, scenarios, we got to, she would let us be hands-on and do stuff. So, you know, in many ways, like I probably knew how to bake before I knew how to drive. And so I think that's kind of the role that food played. There was uh, a very practical element. You know, we ate a lot of the same things over and over and over again. Which is why you don't like pears. Which is why I don't eat <laughs> apples and pears very much anymore. But at the same time, like, I, I think we had a good relationship to food because there was a understanding and respect of it. But I did, like I said, we didn't eat out really right. much at all. So um, I think that was probably one of the big shifts when you and I met is starting to eat out and explore other people's foods and other creative aspects of food. Mm -hmm. So do you do you have an early food memory or I don't know that I can say there's a specific mm -hmm. early food memory, but if I were to think of like the early memory that's probably what I was referencing on birthdays. Okay. So I think that was probably the earliest association I had with food was, you know, those meals we got to pick for our birthdays and typically on our birthday um, was the one time we would go out to eat my dad would take us out on our birthday to somewhere that just him and 
you know, whoever's birthday it was. I don't think I knew Out to that. lunch. <laughs> You've and, been married you know, 15 years and I don't think, I don't think I knew that he took you out. I just always assumed, I knew you guys made a big deal out of birthdays and I just assumed your mom cooked your favorite meal. She did. Okay. So but your she dad would cook, also. She would cook our favorite meal f- for breakfast, for dinner, mm-hmm. and for lunch. Um, you know, oftentimes your birthday's during the week. He would come home from work. He would take whoever's birthday it was out for lunch where we wanted. Typically it was McDonald's because, you know, what, where else does a, a five-year-old want to go? And, yeah. you know, the, the toy in the bag is just the greatest thing ever. So, yeah, I think that's probably my earliest food memory is just the the special time that a birthday was. That's really sweet. And I can't believe I didn't know that. <laughs> Maybe you told me and I don't remember, but I'm going to go with I don't think it's ever come up in the 15 years we've been married. It probably has. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And if not, it's just another layer of the onion being peeled back. More onion layers. <laughs> <laughs> Food analogies. Food I'm analogy, trying to throw as many yeah. of those in as I can. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Very different from the way I grew up. Mainly because it it's funny. I feel like even though we are a, six siblings, I kind of grew up as an only child in a way because I was born many years after the next oldest sibling. And no, we're not going to get into whether I was an accident or not or I was planned. Oh, no. I just think that's one of my favorite <laughs> facts, though, about your family is the... The gap between your siblings yeah. and you, and then how that has a very unique relationship that I think you and I have with your family above. We have good relationships with your brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. but we also have very good relationships with a lot of your nieces and nephews because, because they're actually closer to our age. Right. Yeah. But I guess I'm trying to, it's funny because as I was hearing you talk about your mom having to cook, you know, three meals a day for four kids. It's similar to the way my brothers and sisters grew up. And the thing that my mom talks about always is she would make homemade tortillas before they got out of school so they could have just something to eat before dinner. So it was just like a pile of tortillas made on the table ready for them to eat with, I don't know, butter or beans or who the hell knows in my experience, was completely (laughs) different. One, I was the last one, so tends to be spoiled, which I very much was. Also, because I was the only one at the house, I got a little bit more of those convenience foods. My mom worked out out of the home, too. So, you know, a lot of times I remember coming home from school more towards high school, and it was my dad picking me up. And if he like, okay, I'm hungry, so what do you want to eat? And it'd be like, McDonald's. <laughs> uh, how funny. Oh, McDonald's. But yeah, I think, but you, for your mom, it was very practical. And you, I think, still see that as, you know, kind of the way you were raised. Whereas maybe for my brothers and sisters, it was, I don't know, funny. I've never really asked them. But for me, when I think about food growing up, it always feels very rich. Um, there's memories associated with it and it's so it's very colorful um, and it always feels very not practical even though it probably was I don't know there's just like all these characters and colors and stories and memories associated with it so I think that's really I find that an interesting contrast because you probably have that but it was 
the fact that you grew up with your siblings and I didn't. And even though I had nieces and nephews close to my age, they weren't around all the time. Um, so yeah, I kind of grew up as an only child. But So what is your earliest food memory? Oh, so my earliest food memory is of my maternal grandmother. So we lived in, in my hometown. Um, my grandmother lived there too. And because, again, I was born so many years later, my grandmother was farther along in age. So she was older. So I don't have a lot of memories of her because she passed away, I think, when I was seven or eight. But one of the memories that I have, and it's actually, you know, one of the earliest ones, is of her. We were at her house. I don't know if she was taking care of me or we were visiting. But she had like this cool, or they, yeah, her and my granddad. Grand, it's funny. I, it feels weird to call them grandmother and granddad. That's actually what you call your, your grandparents. Yeah. Um, for me, it's abuelito y abuelita. Anyways, so they had like, a, a, she had a rose garden. I'm like trying to paint a picture. She had a rose garden on the side of her house. Their house, I think, was white. In my memory, it's white. Um, but we were standing in her kitchen and she had just made some fresh corn tortillas and she gave me a corn tortilla with refried beans. And I remember her giving it to me and I remember biting into it. I can almost tell you what it tasted like. That's like how deeply imprinted that memory is. And I don't know why. It's like, it's just like stuck there, which I think is really beautiful. And I love it because I don't have a lot of memories of her. Um, but yeah. I, I think I just there was I'm like wondering now, like, oh, you know, what was it about that simple act that like imprinted itself on my brain? But yeah, that's my <laughs> corn tortilla and beans for my grandmother. But I think at least as when we first met, so much of your family unit, and I guess I say family unit, like your brothers and sisters extended family, like it was big around coming together and those events. So it makes sense to me that that was because like food and coming together and eating and celebrating each other's company was the way I met your family and something I feel like we did on a weekly basis every weekend, it seemed like for a while. Well, you mean hanging out with yes. my family? Yeah. But food was always the center of that It's as always, well. yeah, to this day. And so was that true even as you were growing up of like the family gatherings centered around a lot of food and just that celebration of just being together. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Like the times that we were all together, it was always either somebody was visiting for the weekend um, and inevitably either some, everybody lived nearby or enough. And so everybody would come over, you know, to mommy's house and she would make breakfast or she would make lunch or dinner or, you know, we would have a carne asada, um, a barbecue. And so to me, that's why, like, that's where the life always happened was around food, the kitchen table or the, the grill or, or whatever. And, but I even think around the quieter times when it was just me and my parents, I, rem I just remember my mom enjoy. well, it's funny. I think my mom enjoys cooking. My dad enjoyed eating. <laughs> and so he, he loved my mom's food. And so I think, you know, some of that, just the way he enjoyed eating and, and the way he would talk about it. And, you know, my mom likes to joke around that my dad just wanted her to stay in the kitchen because that's where he was happiest seeing her because there was something good coming out of the kitchen. So, yeah, I just 
fond memories typically involve food for me and my family in particular. Um, yeah. And so the other thing that I, I think I have learned about you was that growing up, you were a very picky eater. I was. Um, where I was not. Like growing up, I pretty much <laughs> ate just about anything and everything my mom would put in front of me. Yeah. And so what is the point for you where that shifted from you being a very picky eater to the evolution of where you are today, which I would say you're a fairly adventurous eater. I am. So <laughs> I was a picky eater, which I think is pretty, I mean, it's common in, in most kids, I I would say. And so my mom actually got a little worried that maybe I wasn't getting enough nutrition and, and all of that. So we actually went to the doctor. We went to the doctor in Mexico because we grew up on the border and, you know, it was easier to access medical help, whatever, across the border. Also, my mom just trusted it more. I think it's because she grew up with it. That's what she knew. So all that being said, she took me to see uh, the doctor and, you know, he was like, okay, you know, if you're concerned, here's some basically just supplements that you can give her. And I'm pretty sure one of them was a multivitamin made for a horse because that's how big the pill was. And so I had to take one of these every day and you could just smell like the iron in it. And then I had to take some other like syrup that was also part of it. And I don't know if that was like some sort of appetite. What's the opposite? What's the opposite of a suppressant? I don't know. This syrup like seemed to like open up my appetite because I remember after that I just I wanted to eat everything but it doesn't mean I went around eating like oh I want to try this and that I was still picky and now I just wanted to eat more french fries and like all the crap that a kid wants to eat so that being said I think it's when I got to college that I still had my appetite and I've got to you know finally or I it's the first time I experience what a Greek restaurant was, you know, what an Italian restaurant was, not Mr. Getty's or Domino's or, you know, Little Caesars or any of that stuff that we had back home. And so I got, you know, the Americanized version, of course, but I started to experience or come across different cuisines. And then when I studied abroad in Italy, that's really where I got to experience, of course, Italian food in its full authentic glory and I, I think that's really where that seed started to bloom. You know, the seed got planted probably in college, but it wasn't until I stepped onto Italian soil that it really started to, to germinate and, and grow and, and do all of that. Um, I saw people enjoy food in a different way. And it brought me so much joy seeing other people enjoy food. And I didn't even cook it. I have this memory of one of the girls that was on my study abroad group. And we, I don't even know what we were eating. Probably it was just like a really simple pasta that was prepared by, you know, the dormitory staff. And she was eating it and she was just savoring it with her eyes closed and just making noises. And I'm just like watching her. I've never seen anybody eat that way. Even though I've been around people that enjoy food most of my life, I it was this really fascinating experience to kind of witness. And I was like, I love that. I want more of that. And then it just kind of grew from there and grew from there. Yeah. And then when we met, it was like, what do you do on a date? You go eat, I guess. I don't know. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> well, I think for me, like I, ne I was always open and curious for food, but I think I also 
was raised with a certain financial frugality. And so going out to eat was a something that was not considered a good use of money most of the time. Mm -hmm. So like food was still had a very practical aspect to me. And like I cooked most of my own meals when I was in college. And, Which I was very impressed by. And all that. So when we started going and dating and like going out to eat, it was something that was one. It was, it was a very new experience for me as well hmm. of just going out to eat like that. And then yeah, like I feel like the two things we did is we went out to restaurants mm -hmm. or we went to your families in a food. <laughs> and th that's how we dated very early on. <laughs> and, you know, going to these different restaurants, it was a lot of things that I had not experienced, at least in that way, yeah. much growing up. And not to say we never went out or I'd never been on a date before, yeah. but it was like we just... I think you and I had a openness and a relationship to food that I had never been with anybody before. And then exploring different kinds of foods and restaurants and all that um, was special. Yeah. I think in a way we connected. Yeah. I think it was our common language because I think about like other people that I dated and food was never the same thing that it was between me and you. Maybe that's when I should have known like, oh, this one's special. <laughs> so how do you think or... Would you say this clashing, not clashing, clashing sounds wrong, <laughs> this coming together of two different, you know, backgrounds with food, how has it changed your views on food? I don't know. How does it color your life now? I know, like you said, you know, once we started dating, you started, we started going out and you started, I cannot, this is not working. It's not coming out of my mouth. When we started dating, you were going out to eat more. So that was definitely something new. But what's changed since then and the 15 plus, well, yeah, 15 plus years that we've been married? I mean, going out to eat, I think, was one thing. I think the bigger shift actually, though, was eating with your family and eating with your mom. And so I don't think I had a lot of exposure to other cultures. Mm. And so, like... The food was such a central point of the culture for your family that, you know, being at those meals and seeing how everybody related to each other and, you know, the mariachi showing up to <laughs> parties on random and, you know, or even just sitting down and having breakfast at the table with your mom and people just popping in and out. Yeah. Of Like, it was just a very different culture. Yeah. And it was a way to see that culture in a very real way. Yeah. And so I think that was probably the big shift when I began to understand of like how you could begin to understand people and the way they live and so much more about them through their food mm -hmm. and it kind of being that gateway. And I think that was probably the biggest shift. Yeah. And, you know, so when we got married, the other thing that you really wanted to do that I had not done a lot of growing up was travel. And so when we went to travel, I think that was in a way to experience those cultures and those places that we were traveling to was through the food. And I think so many of our memories now of visiting places, the food's one of the first things we probably talk about or remember um, when we go to when we've been to different places. And so I think that was probably the, the big shift for me. It was the first time I had really experienced a different culture. Uh, in that way, and food was probably the, the entryway into it. And I think it's continued to be that for many other cultures. I'm thinking about it in reverse now, how 
maybe your upbringing and, you know, what you brought to the table. (laughs) Oh, wow. Has. We can be so cheesy together. (laughs) We're not normally cheesy like this, which. Yes, we are. I mean, whatever. Okay. But one of the things I remember, like when we were first dating, like, yes, we would go over and have meals with your parents and, and all of that very different from my family, <laughs> a little bit more reserved. Um, but your mom's baking is always what stands out to me. And I I would like to credit that with maybe why I enjoy baking so much now. In fact, I was actually intimidated by it. Um, so I was very impressed that your mom, I mean, you'd open up the freezer at your parents' home, and it was stocked to the gills with, you know, granola or muffins of various varieties. There'd be cookies, you know, oatmeal, chocolate chip, you know, chocolate mint, you name it. And I, that was something that I didn't grow up with. Baking wasn't a thing in my home. Desserts were rare, to be honest. If I made it, if a dessert was made, it was made by me and it was out of a box and I probably ate most of it raw. <laughs> um, or my sister would make a candy apple, you know, or Rice Krispie treats. But baking was such a new thing to me. So seeing that, I feel like that's something that you brought, I think, to our relationship. Because I say that because you would bake too, which I was like, yes, please. And I, I think that's really cool. You know, we've all we've both brought a little a little something to the relationship when it comes to food and what we've shared. And I really think, you know, when I think about your family and when you guys typically light up around food, it tends to be around your mom's baked goods. You know, your mom's over the years kept recipes on index cards that she's then laminated because your mom is so organized and she's transferred those now digitally. So those handwritten cards she's actually given to the kids whoever wants them and the ones that are kind of highly prized are the ones for baked goods right definitely so that's when I think of your you know you as a family I think your mom's baking and I know your mom enjoys it I don't know if she enjoyed cooking as much as she enjoyed baking and your mom she doesn't eat it anymore because of you know gluten intolerance and stuff like that but she loved to bake and eat bread (laughs) yeah yeah and I think those cards now, like, I'm like, I'll be honest. I think we have some of the cards. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I don't use them. I use the digitized version. Yeah. But those cards, going back to that earlier comment of like the special memories around yeah. food growing up, like I remember the excitement of getting those cards out and getting ready to make something and getting to be a part of making that, and then eating it as soon as it came out of the oven. Yeah. Like those were special moments around food growing up. I think for me, and I think for my siblings as yeah. well. Yeah, I feel like Christmas is another. That's like the big yes. thing for your family. Christmas breakfast. Christmas breakfast is a big deal in your family. For me. It's definitely a big <laughs> deal for me. Like I don't know if it's as big a deal for everyone else, but it's definitely a big yeah. deal for me. Yeah. Like, it was it was kind of the uh, mecca of food growing up. Of yeah. uh, the point when, you know, there were sweet breads and there was, you know, eggs and sausage and strawberries and like these traditional kind of things that were there every year and you got to go eat as much as you wanted there was nobody telling you like nope can't have any more so there was definitely quite a few uh, instances of overeating yeah um during christmas but it's fantastic because then you just lay around afterward 
Um, but yeah, it was probably like the greatest food moment and it was, you know, things that I really enjoyed and it was a tradition that you'd see the same things every year. And it just kind of marked that special time when family came together. Yeah. It's so, of course it's different, right? Two different families. And we have some traditions around the holidays, but it isn't at all to the level that it is in your family with Christmas in particular. I remember the first time I experienced it, I was like, okay. And then, you know, 15 Christmas or 14 Christmases since then, it's like, okay, it's still, you know, it's still very much, I, I know how important it is to you. And, um, I know there's a lot more wrapped up in it than just food at this point, but I've always thought it was really cool. And that coffee cake is the number one thing on that table, which I now get to make for your family. So that feels like a, that feels like a real privilege and an honor. I remember, I don't remember if it was that coffee cake or there was something where you were talking about making one of the things for Christmas and you talked about changing it. <laughs> and I probably had a very visceral reaction to it of like, no, you can't change that. Yeah. Um, I think all I wanted to do was double the recipe. <laughs> You wanted to switch something. There was something, and I was like, "No, no, no, no! You don't, don't. understand. You don't understand. Like this has been this way for forty years." Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess now, food really informs everything for us. At least for me, which you know, not shocking. This is the reason I'm doing a podcast now because it was like, okay, how? Where else can I infuse food into my life? But what is food to you now? So. I mean, I have always, as I was saying, loved to eat. Yes. You know, and now as someone that enjoys, you know, cycling or other activities that burn lots of calories, that only compounds that. You know, I come home from a long ride or whatever, and I want to eat even more mm -hmm. than I would have normally. So I think, one, like, I, I still just enjoy eating. And then I think that it's a art that I enjoy experiencing because, like, somebody else is, like, getting to experience somebody else's creativity and somebody else's passion and somebody else's craft is really it's a, it can be a personal experience yeah. both for them and then you get to share that and have your own personal experience mm -hmm. within that and just you know flavors that you wouldn't imagine coming together and you know eating something in a way of like that doesn't sound right and then trying it and be like oh wow like that's so different than what I thought it could be and so I think it's that neat experience of like constantly a new learning mm -hmm. you know a place of new learning and new experience yeah. and then two i think that we were talking about earlier you know no matter what challenges a culture has or a sub you know subculture within a culture has like there's still an element of food and expression of food within that even if it's using very simple and basic ingredients and so it's something that I think transcends, you know, people's status in life um, and kind of brings people to, can bring people to a, a common place of how you interact with these ingredients that our world gives us. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, it's an amazing and special thing at this point. Yeah. So something I still love to do. And then I think it's something that can, you know, one of those things that, I feel like as an adult, sometimes you can get kind of jaded with life. Yes. And it's one of those things that can still break you out of that and wow you and, yeah. and you know, make you a kid yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the thing I get, you know, when I get excited, it's about 
a new cookbook. I mean, I am like a dog with a tennis ball. You know, I'm like the fancy new thing that I'm really into this week. But food is my constant. You know, it's the language that I feel like I can speak most eloquently, that I'm most comfortable speaking. I'm comfortable in a kitchen. Yeah, I find my confidence in food. I I don't want to say like I have horrible self-esteem or anything. No, but I think I try to be humble about the other things that I know. Probably not. I don't know. Some of my friends might argue that I'm not humble at all. But when it comes to food, I feel like maybe that's where I'm learning that I, oh, I am actually pretty good at cooking and, you know, I can follow a recipe and da, 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 all that stuff. And so when I share my food with people, I do it knowing that it's okay. It's pretty good, you know? And even now I can't say like, it's amazing because it's, I mean, I'm following some, but I am most, my most confident when I'm talking about living in food. And this is where I get to be the <laughs> objective husband here and say that you're being incredibly modest about everything you just said about food. Like, you are really good with food. and But I, was, I haven't always been. Like, Well, so, no. <laughs> think about the first year when we got me to walk in from work. It was like, ah. In the but even then, that's actually where I was going to go. Like, oh, okay. Even then, when we first got married, yeah. like, you hadn't. Like, you never cooked for me while we were dating. No, you thought you were going to do most of the cooking when and we I got married. And I think I did do most of the cooking for, like, the first month or two, maybe. Uh, but the reality depressed. was... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to marriage. <laughs> but the reality was I was working at that point and you weren't. Right. So you ended up doing the cooking. Yeah. But I think that's what spoke to both... Uh, passion you have for that and the aptitude you have for it. Like you jumped in and like we were eating really well, really quickly. And I think the other big thing, like you talk about, you know, cooking from recipes. Yes, you do. But you're also at the point where you riff a lot and you don't give yourself credit for that. Like you'll take a recipe and you'll look at it and be like, that's good, but I can do this a little bit better. And you'll tweak and riff and, and do things. And then you could also like, well, be like, I'm bored with things. I'm going to come up with my own stuff. And you do that as well. And you do it really, really well. And that's the point where I think you're being a little bit modest of you're actually really talented in the kitchen. And, you know, when people come to eat your food, nobody's like, oh, that was okay. <laughs> like, never happens. I don't know what I would do if they said I'd be so mad if they said that. I'd be like, get out of my house right now. But the reality is, like, nobody's kind of like, yeah. it's not even people's, like, you know, false yeah. praise or trying yeah. to be polite. Like, you're really good at it. Yeah. And it's been pretty amazing to have, like, the front row seat, the front row seat <laughs> to the journey from that point when you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to figure this out, yeah. you know, a month into being married to where we are today when I feel like I probably eat better at home than most people do going out to really nice restaurants. Yeah, I think it just comes with knowing that. It, you know, I look back when I look back at where I started and where I am now, then, yes, I can say with confidence, I am a good cook. Um, but through the years, I think what bothered me was how dependent I felt on recipes because I wasn't confident enough to riff, like you said. And now I'm like, I'm tired. I don't know. This doesn't look right. I'm just going to change it up. Plus, I've learned a technique. Let us not forget that I did a year and a half <laughs> of pastry school. So I've gained knowledge over 15 years of marriage that I can today say, yes, I am confident in the kitchen. Maybe I'm aiming for false humility or something. 
So here we are. Here we are. Here we are now. I'm doing a podcast. And that's what they say, how the cookie crumbles? Or? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You're not allowed anymore. Any last parting words before we go watch Great British Bake Off? <laughs> Very fitting. No, I just, I guess I would say I'm excited that you're embarking on this craft, this journey. Um, really excited to, one, get to be a part of it, um, as well as then get to observe where it goes and what it becomes. Yeah. So, thanks yeah. for being my biggest cheerleader. You're welcome. I appreciate it. And thanks for always being my sous chef and my taste tester and the guy who washes the dishes. Mostly the dishwasher. <laughs> Let's be honest, mostly the dishwasher. <laughs> that is fantastic, let me tell you. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out with me in yeah. our closet. You know, <laughs> this season it's just fun to hang out with somebody, right? <laughs> anybody. <laughs> Not anybody. <laughs> I like hanging out with you. Okay, well, thanks, babe. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Bye. So there you have it. First episode done. Thank you to Nathan for being such a willing participant and making me laugh. Like I said, I can't believe that I'm still learning new things about you, although I shouldn't be shocked. Marriage, it's a lifelong lesson. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed it and that, yeah, it does spark some conversation with individuals in your life who are close to you. That's kind of what this is all about. And I am still trying to figure all of this out. So I'll be putting out two episodes in the month of December. Take a little break and then I should be back in January. Fingers crossed. Thank you for joining me here in this little space. And I hope you have a great day, week, um, holiday season ahead. And thanks again for joining me. See you later.